the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your always host, the Bowtie Guy here. Once again, we are on show 290. This is a punt of a show because uh, we were going to do a different show today and I postponed the launch on the show, the posting of it, because we were going to record at 2. And then about 1.55, uh, my guest had a an emergency come up, and so we were not able to record. So Kevin was gracious enough to come in. So welcome the, uh, the recovering Sasquatch. He's wandered into my house. You know, there's an occasional sighting here and there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you want to keep up with Kevin, you can go to therecoveringsasquatch.com and check out that blog. Uh, but uh, for now, we're just going to sort of go through the show and, and see what happens. See what we can and check it out. Here we go. Look what I'm doing here. See what we can glean from the world. And glean is our word of the week this week. And that means to extract uh, something from uh, from various sources. So we're going to see if we can glean something out of Kevin and myself for a show today. Hopefully it works out. If not, uh, you know, you get what you pay for. Uh, and for those of you who are giving us money, I apologize. <laughs> that joke doesn't work as well, but uh, there are more people who listen for free than who, who pay to listen. So um, I'm guessing that you'll give me a little bit of grace if you are one of our supporters. If you want to become one of our supporters, uh, you can just text the word MUM to 760-WALLS-CA, which is 925-5722. And we appreciate all of you who do that. Uh, it is October. This is oldies in October, so we'll have an oldie for our song of the week later on. Uh, I told Kevin what the song was be. He's like, I don't know that song. I said, I know. It was sent in by a listener, and it's an oldie, so you might not know it either. So stick around for the song of the week. That'll be coming up in just a little bit. But Kevin, thanks for uh, for stepping in at the last minute. Um, we have a an idea. I've got this spreadsheet on uh, Google that has all of my big ideas and the songs of the week and the word of the week and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'll put ideas in as they come to me. And then when I have a guest, I ask them, you know, I go through all the ideas that are left and the one that we pick, we put in there and then I just keep kicking the other ones down the road a little bit. And I've been kicking this particular can down the road for, I think over a year. It, it might've been more than that, but it's, it's been an idea that's just been sort of bubbling and floating and everyone's like, yeah, I don't think I want to talk about that. And Kevin's like, ooh, interesting. So um, that's what we're going to do today is we're going to look at it. And I don't know how this idea came to me. It came to me at some point, but I was wondering to myself if it's easier to give your life and die for something than it is to give up something and have to live. And and I, I think I was probably watching a war movie or something and watching a soldier die for the cause. and and wondering, all right, does that guy have it easier than, than we've got it when we go into recovery and have to give up something? I think that might have been the impetus for the idea, but I'm not positive. But uh, what made you think, oh, let's talk about that one when I said that one, Kevin. What, what stood out to you about that? The concept in general is so many people in our world today just seem to not be willing to stand up for anything, and there's nothing beyond their own body that they'd be willing to sacrifice their body for and I just love the concept uh, you know it's all over in the Bible you know there's no greater love than laying your life down for a friend uh, and there's times that we struggle and 
as we were talking about it and picking out this idea, you said something and I'm like, well, aren't we giving up our life if we become sober? Yeah. And so I immediately, as per usual for you and I, as I go a different route than you intended and we're just going to make this something different anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, the idea it's, 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 attributed to Alexander Hamilton, but uh, there's a quote that says, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And um, I know that uh, John Mellencamp used that in a song back in the 80s, and, and it always just sort of stuck with me, that idea of, you know, you've got to know what it is that you're believing in. And and I think why, you know, I, I would talk to people a lot at, at election time, and I would say, you know, I don't need you to vote my way i just need you to vote your way don't vote somebody else's way you know we can yeah. disagree and we can cancel each other out that's cool that's i'm all for that that's democracy but when you're just becoming an echo chamber it's um it's frustrating you know it's like what what and and i think i think people love to agree with somebody or something they love to agree with a cause. And whatever that cause is, well, they'll, they'll agree with that. You know, you'll change your mind over something based on who said it. And I've always thought that it would be so awesome if we could just get everyone in the world to agree to not attribute a quote to anybody during an election year and just see what people really think about what the candidates say. Don't let them know who said it and, and say, all right, here's what the person said. What do you think? And you don't know, is it your guy or the guy you hate? Um, And I think it would really mess with some people's minds. Yeah. Well, the concept kept coming into my mind is, as you were speaking, you're you're talking about, they just want to agree with somebody. But yet what what I seem to witness more is they want to disagree with somebody. Yeah. It's not that they want to agree anymore. It's, It's almost like, this is how we make friends. We have, you know, I have to know how you believe because if you believe differently than me, we can't be friends no more. Right, right. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to fight and, and know that uh, you are against me or I'm against you and that that's, that's something that is um, necessary, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just doing a thing here real Uh-oh. quick. Looking up something, and I have a, a a belief that people start off by showing, or you know, people like to show um, who they disagree with. So um, I just did a quick search, real quick, on the two major uh, spectrums of news. Uh, so I went to one news source and their heads, their, their, their lead story. I'm not going to say this cause I don't want to date it and I don't want, you know, to, to <laughs> jump it, but they're, they're all their lead stories are about a particular person that stands in opposition to what this particular news site does. So I got, uh, everything that fits on the page is one, two, three, four, five, five stories at the top of the page talking about a person. Uh, The other story or the other website, I have to go down 
six stories until I find that particular story. Uh, so now the one that leads that story, I have to go down. Let's see. Uh, how far do I have to go down before I see it? I have to go down to about the seventh or eighth story uh, to find the story that, that disagrees. So, so they basically don't tell you what they think. They just tell you this is the guy or the idea that you should dislike. Um, which is, to me, it's, it's what you said. We want to fight. We want to argue. We want to know who they are. Well, and it's, it's, I don't even think they care who they are. Well, they, not us. No, that, and that's what I'm saying is they, whoever they is, don't care who the other they is. Yeah, they, there's got to be They just they. care that there's someone who they disagree with that yeah. they can be angry at. And if we look back and we look at where things have kind of progressed, it is this concept is people aren't standing up for much of anything because we got to protect everybody's rights. We got to protect everybody's emotions, everybody's feelings. And therefore, we can't stand up for anything because if we stand up for something, then we're going against this or that or them or they. So we and should be able to be abusive to no, be right? No. There used to be a time where people would have different opinions and come together. Used right. To be called salons, right. actually. Yeah. There used to be a time where black people had to drink out of different drinking fountains, so too. the Irish. You know, it's, but there used to be a time when people would be able to come together. It was called a salon when you had intellectual conversation coming together with difference of opinions to try to find a, a mutually beneficial solution. Yeah. For the fancy people. For the fancy people, it was called a salon. Yeah. For us normal people, it's called the dinner pub. and coffee. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but there used to be a point in our country where things were decided on by having the two sides come together to find a mutually beneficial solution. I don't know. Oh. I, think, I, think, I think people have been fighting. I mean, I've been spinning, doing a deep dive with, uh, you know, Jesus and the Pharisees. And, uh, you know, I, I think at any time you can substitute the major groups. You can have Tories and Whigs. You can have, uh, you know, the, the, the Jews and the Romans. You can have, we've always had these people fighting against each other and and it's 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 good to pose it as a noble cause yes but i think uh i don't necessarily believe in noble causes i think at some point uh and and i hate to lean into a friends episode but they you know <laughs> talked about that nobody does anything purely out of goodness there's always a, a ulterior motive mm -hmm. for it that you know why you you know you People give money. More people gave money to my show when I started offering a tax break than they did before, <laughs> because people people want something. It's like, all right, I'll do this, but why? <laughs> and I agree. And to a large extent, it kind of boils down to the the age old question: Can you know peace without war? Mm -hmm. um, you know the whole concept of yin yin and yang is you got to have one to complete the other yeah there's always going to be two sides yeah and you're right like the pharisees and jesus like that's a great study if you want to see how contentious people can be mm -hmm. and petty 
and petty. But yeah. Ed, then you're starting to get at the heart of the problem is the pettiness. It's not being driven with a motive to learn is being driven with a motive to prove wrong. Yes. Yes. Well, because if, if you're wrong, no, I've got a better chance of being right. Well, and if you're right, that automatically means I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. can't have that now. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, it's we're we're heading into the song of the week, which is not, uh, Depeche Mode, but it made me think of the, the song People Are People. People are people, so why should it be? You and I should get along so awfully. And uh, that's uh, it's a sad commentary that that makes perfect sense. Yes. Uh, but what we are going to do is we're going to give you a little bit of break. We're going to give you a song because it is. It's oldies in October. Um, so here's one that was sent in by a listener. Uh, it's the band Satellites and Sirens. And the song is called Anchor. And this is from... Uh, their debut album uh, back in 2010, Satellites and Sirens. So here you go, Anchor from Satellites and Sirens. So there you go, an oldie. I'll let you decide if it's a goodie. Uh, it definitely has a sound from that 2009, 2010 uh, era of stuff. Thank you to uh, the listener who sent that in. We really appreciate you participating. If you want to send something in, you can do that by uh, just sending me an email at bowtieguy@messituppodcast.com or a text at 760-608-1942. Uh, but Kevin, what you got on this one? I mean, I won't lie, like, I love the sound of it. It brought me back to a younger frame of mind. Uh, that sound was something I thrived on. But there was one stanza that really kind of hit me. It was, throw me a rope. I've had more than enough of the rain, and I'm cold, and I want to give up. That's something that I have felt more than I care to admit to. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when you're coming down, you're getting sober. That sentence has such volume in it. There's so much more to it than that. 
I may not have said it in those words, but I essentially said those words. Yeah. You know, begging for help, calling to God, going through that first original step study. I felt that sentence so much. Yeah. And and the thing that stood out to me as I'm looking at this is just that, um, and I highlighted a line right at the beginning there. It says, because I've got it figured out. <laughs> uh, you know, Bev will always tease me because uh, that, that line of, of death, I got this. And, um, you know, this song just keeps on going through. It's like Jesus saying, hey, do this. And I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. I'm going to do this. And if, if Jesus could just understand how much I see that he doesn't see, it would be so much worse. <laughs> uh, I've got to, I've got to switch it around. I've got to realize Jesus is seeing the stuff that I don't see. And when he says, uh, you know, look, there's a trouble around the corner. I don't need to be like, no, I got this. I'm, yeah. I'm prepared for what's around the corner because I don't know. Maybe I think there's, you know, a, a big mean monster around the corner. I'm like, okay, I know how to fight this big mean monster. And it turns out, no, there's 20 big mean monsters and I got the one, but the 19 are going to go to town on me. And um, that's been my recovery story is that idea of, I got this. This is not a problem. I can make it. I think uh, God has uh, pretty much accepted that I'm going to keep doing that. So he just hits me with a lot of two by fours constantly (laughs) to keep me down and to keep me focused on him. Because every time he stops, I get in trouble. Right. And, oh, I'm not getting hit in the head anymore. I can handle this now. No, yeah. no, no, I can't. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there sick of the rain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, it's so easy to pray for rain and then get sick of it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't pray for flood, God. I just prayed for a little bit of rain to water <laughs> my beans. Um, and, and get, it's easy for me to get picky with how God answers my prayers. Well, there's an old saying of the, uh, the outcome of a rain dance has much to do with timing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, and you know, this, I think, leans into, you know, what we were talking about is, you know, sometimes giving something up and having to live with it is, is tough. Uh, before we started, I got a call from a guy who's trying to detox from fentanyl and is having a rough time with it. It's like, all right, I want to get off these things, but when I stop, my body's like, I need this. I've got to do this. Why, don't, why aren't you giving me what I think I want and we know it, your body's better off without the meth, without the alcohol, without mm-hmm. the fentanyl, without the cocaine, whatever it is, your, your body and your mind are better off without that. But that's what your body now sees as normal. Yeah. And to give that up can be really scary. I mean, how many people do you know in recovery that have decided I'm done drinking, but they keep a bottle just in case? Or I'm done smoking, but there's a secret stash. Um, you know, I, when I quit drinking, I got rid of everything, and I even quit eating foods that were cooked in it or cooked with it mm-hmm. because I love I like the flavor of a lot of alcohol, and to eat even eat it and get that flavor in my mouth, I was scared of. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. And I don't have a secret stash. Uh, I was in a situation very recently where there was a joke that was said. um, You know, some of my family 
they used whiskey medicinally when they were younger to break fevers. And this particular family member had a really bad fever. I'm like, well, maybe you should buy some whiskey then. Well, someone overheard that and brought a bottle for her. Mm. And it was in the house. And I was in a panic. You know, it's been almost four years. And I was still panicky over that. Because I saw that bottle and I instantly wanted to taste it. Yeah. And I'm like, this needs to go. And it needs to go now. Yeah. And of course, the person's like, they tried to hide it. And it was out of their view. But a lot of things are out of view when you're five foot four. Yeah. Um, and well, and I, think, <laughs> I think a lot of times people don't give credence to the fact that seeing something can make a person struggle. Being around it can make them struggle. Like, uh, listen, I, I can have a beer. It doesn't bother me. So just just sit over there and don't have yeah. the beer and just watch me have what you want so see, bad. Yeah. And, and see, like for me, I can watch someone have a beer. That's fine. That doesn't bother me a bit. Whiskey, on the other hand. Yeah. But but if, if you don't understand that struggle, I would suggest you um, go out on a date with the person who's dating your ex, <laughs> you know, and, and, and see that person happy with someone else and how that might yeah. make you feel. I mean, most people don't sign up for that. It's not well, something that we typically want, but we'll do it to people. And I know so many people where one of the sides of the couple has given up, uh, let's say, alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the other side has not. And they're like, well, I don't have a problem with it. So get over yourself. Yeah. And, and that lack of recognition that I might be triggering this person. Oh, and that, I mean, ties it right back to where we started is there's this selfish desire for me to be right and you to be wrong. Yeah. And just because you have a problem with it doesn't mean I do. And why do I have to give it up if you have a problem with it? Yeah. But... I've been very fortunate with those around me in my life that those that do still drink, they won't do it around me. Yeah. And even though I've given them full permission, I'm like, I'm strong enough. I can handle it. It won't bother me. They're like, no, I know what it took for you to get to this point and I'm not going to do it. And I'm, I know how blessed I am to have that in my life. Right. I had a person ask me one time, well, what's wrong with me drinking? And I said, nothing's wrong with you drinking. Let me ask you this. What's wrong with you not drinking? Why can you why can you not drink tonight? What's what's standing in your way for not having a beer or a martini or whatever tonight? Why is it that you can't do that for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you can't, if there's a problem there, then maybe that suggests that you have more of a a need for it than you think. And it really made this person. They looked at me. You know, they gave me dog look. You know, with the head tilt and. I could see light bulbs going on somewhere in their their brain, and but but so often it's we feel that we I've talked on the show before that freedom is not being able to do what I want; it's being able to not do stuff as well. I'm free to not have that uh, stimulus. <laughs> well, freedom's a whole nother discussion, but I wish I had the freedom I had as a twelve year old. Keep talking. <laughs> a lot of us, when we're 12, we can't wait to be old enough to get away from our parents and get away from everything. But the reason I had freedom is because my parents were handling everything. Yeah. 
I didn't have to worry about the light bill. I didn't have to worry about the phone bill. I didn't have to worry about making sure I had enough food for the week because my parents were doing that and all mm-hmm. I had to focus on was Legos. Yeah, yeah. And not, Wait, Somebody has to buy the toilet paper? It's not just there? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, my mom has a magical laundry basket because I put dirty clothes in there and then the next day it was clean and folded. <laughs> I never saw anything happen, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. And... In that, to bring it back around, there's freedom when we were kids because we didn't have we didn't have to worry. And Jesus flat out tells us, if you give your life for me, you will live. Yeah, yeah, he's got that that yoke. So and he's carrying the weight. We put all of this nonsense on him. If I put my addictions on him, if I put my struggles, my hurts, my hangups, my habits, all of that, and I actually put it at the foot of the cross and I leave it there for once in my life. Right. I will find that freedom again. How do you leave it there? I'm still waiting for someone to tell me how. <laughs> I haven't figured out how. I am notorious for taking it and leaving it at the foot of the cross, getting about to the door going, you know what? I know you got a lot going on. I know your people right now are at war. I know you've got a lot. I'm going to go take this back for right now because you've got enough to deal with. Yeah. Well, that's Kevin putting God in a box. Yeah. And it don't work that way. For me, it's that um, idea of the fifth column. When I can truly get into that fifth column and look at my responsibility on it and then deal with what my responsibility is or more frequently my lack of responsibility that's when I'm able to start giving things up is if I can run it through that filter and then just deal with what's left you know if, if, if you have a filter on something we were watching a gold show the other day uh, that we like to watch and they they dig up all this stuff off the bottom of the ocean and then they got mountains and stuff and then they run it through all these filters and it comes down to you know, tons of material come down to ounces of gold because they filter out all the rest. And when I can, that, that, that fourth step process is my filter where I'm just running raw material through. And at the end, if I can, if I can work it right, I come up with gold. And that's, that's how I can put it down and leave it. Because for a long time, I, I had a, a revolving door on third step. Like I give it up. God's in charge. Cool. God's my higher power. Cool. Oh, wait, I'm back. I got this thing. You don't need this, God. I, you know, let me help. I think I get it. And there are certain resentments that I I do treat that way still. But I I almost find myself now is I've let things go. And then I feel this empty spot and I go find something else to resent. Go in there. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go find something else to resent and be mad at. Yeah, well, I'll get up at at night, get up and, you know, this stupid water thing. That's harsh. This water (laughs) thing that I've been doing. Thank you, daughter. um, It makes me get up in the middle of the night and go potty a lot. And quite frequently, especially now that the weather's getting a little bit cooler, I will get back in bed and I've got to find that spot that's warm and get myself back into that same position and put the pillows just like it was because I don't want the different stimulus coming in. And in my life, when, when I move, that lack of stimulus is there. i got to get back to where it is. Even if I don't like it, I understand it. Yeah. And that's, that's addiction. 
yeah. you know, doing those things that are bad for us, that we know they're bad for us. It's still, we insist on doing them because that's what feels. As I pick up right. my Dr. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> and I pick up my water. I get it. And I do it all the time. You just got to rub it in a little bit more. I know yeah. you, you've already called me out for my Dr. Pepper problem. Listen, I get it, brother. I get it. <laughs> I completely get it. Um, so, so I think that, you know, we don't oftentimes get that choice of, of dying for a cause or, no. or, or having to live. Most of the time, the choice is to find a way to live with it. And I think when you, you, you hit it a little while ago and I don't remember exactly what you said, but I think the, the key to the matter is, is to find the contentment in the recovery, to know that this is the better thing and to relish that you know yeah. i've given this up and now i can do these other things and the things that i've replaced it with are things that give me joy that are also healthy not things that you know just scratch that itch because ultimately whatever our addiction is it's trying to scratch an itch in our brain and get that brain to trigger that response that gives us a little bit of chemical when this happens you know i mean when I, I can remember seeing a friend that I hadn't seen for a long time and they pulled up uh, in front of where I was working. I saw, and I ran outside to go greet him because I hadn't seen him and it's just boom. And that's the way it is. If I can get a better addiction, you know, a better stimulus, uh, you know, that's healthy. <laughs> well, I mean, they say all the time that you, you can't ever just give up a habit. You have to replace it. Yeah. You have to replace the bad habit with a different habit. Something will go into it. Nature does not like a vacuum. No. So the vacuum will pull something in. And it's our choice. We've removed this. What are we going to put in? Are we going to put something here? Or are we just going to let random chance fill it in? Because we know, scripturally, <laughs> we chase out the, the demon. Yeah. And it goes and finds his friends and says, hey, buddy, party town right here. I may not drink alcohol anymore but i drink monsters and dr pepper a lot yeah and neither one of those are good for me as a diabetic yeah you know you're right and i do know as i continue going forward and i'm shifting my life you know i'm in seminary i am shifting my life in such a drastic way right now i don't have time for bad habits and i rather enjoy it yeah because again when my time is filled up by appropriate things, there's freedom in there because right. I'm not having to worry about it. And if like so many other people, you've got somewhere on the ADD scale, like you, you, if, you, if you're distracted by shiny, you got to have a lot of shiny around you so that one shiny thing that comes in doesn't catch your attention. You've already yes. got your attention on the right stuff. Yep. It's super, super important. And that's why I like gold leaf on the outside of my Bible. <laughs> the shiny right there. That's good. That's good. Well, cool. Well, thanks for stopping in, uh, Kevin. If you want to hear more of Kevin's thoughts and ideas, you can find him at therecoveringsasquatch.com. And that'll be a little blog to give you a little bit of hope um, throughout your week. So check that out. Uh, you can get a hold of me if you want to by uh, checking out my blog, which is ministerofmocha.com on Monday mornings. You can email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can also just give me a call at 760-608-1942. Don't forget that text to give number. 
760-WALLS-CA, 925-5722 if you want to become a financial supporter and part of our Nehemiah project. Uh, but we really thank you for being here. Kevin, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And people, we will see you next time. We mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.